Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. What's up, Victory? I'm so honored that you would join us here at Church Online today. You know, it was July 30th, 2017, three years ago, that my wife Heather and I became the lead pastors of this amazing church right here, Victory Orlando. Can I tell you, it is the joy of our lives to be able to serve you as your pastors. So I just wanted to say thank you for being part of what God is doing right here at Victory. And thank you for allowing us to be in your life as your pastors. We love you so much. And we're so excited about the years ahead and all the miracles that God is going to do in your lives and through this church. So thank you for being a part. I know today there are a lot of distractions around, but can we just shut those things out here for the next 30 minutes and really zero in on what God is speaking to us today? Let's go ahead and pray and prepare our hearts and our minds for the message today. Lord, I thank you for your spirit I thank you for your presence, Lord God, that you are never far, but you are always close to us, Lord God. So God, I pray that you would speak to us today. Let your word go deep inside of us. Lord, our heart is ready. Our minds are ready to receive from your word. So let your word produce fruit in us today because we are good ground. And if you agree with me today, let me hear you say amen. Amen. Today, the word of the Lord is the unguarded soul. Your soul is a very important part of who you are, and it's vital in how we interact and perceive things with the people around us. In case you didn't know, you're a three-part being. You are a spirit. That is the real you. It's the part of you that will live in eternity forever with God in heaven or separated from him in hell. It's the part of us that is either dead in sin or is born again and alive in Christ. So we are a spirit, but we have a soul. Our soul then is our our mind, our feelings, our emotions. It's the feeling and thinking parts of us. Oftentimes, People refer to this part of their being as their heart. You know, if you ever heard somebody say, oh, they just followed their heart. That is our soul. The third part of our being is our physical body. We all have one for now, and they all look beautiful and different. I believe, actually, that God created our physical differences, not to divide us, but to bring us together, to celebrate our Creator, and to celebrate the uniqueness of one another. So you are a spirit you have a soul, and you live in a body. Now, don't let this simple fact surprise you or even slip by you today. Scripture tells us we were made in the image of God. Now, God himself is also a three-part being. He's the Father, he's Jesus the Son, and he is the Holy Spirit. And he made us to reflect himself. I think it's so incredible, this fact. And it speaks to how important your life is, how purposeful you are. So you are not an accident. You are God-designed and purposely chosen to be alive at this specific point in history. God didn't make any accidents when he made you. And it's such a great reminder for us today to realize how purposeful we are because 
When anxiety and fear want to rob us of joy, they want to rob us of faith and purpose, like we know, like, man, I was created on purpose, so hold up just a minute. Fear, anxiety, you have no part in creating me, and therefore you have no part in my life. The trouble is, as we live out the days God has given us on this earth, we experience all kinds of things. We have good days. We have those I need more coffee days. <laughs> Even all the way back to the good old days before 2020 and, and before COVID-19, even those days, we experienced stress and conflict, setbacks, loss, missed opportunities, all kinds of crazy things have happened. But now we find ourselves 20 weeks into this whole COVID-19 shutdown global pandemic. And it seems like every time we turn around, there's more stress-inducing news, more opportunities to live in fear. And Man, people are worried about their health. They're worried about the health of their loved ones. They're worried about their jobs and how they're going to provide for their families. I mean, every time even a person opens up their phone and starts scrolling through all the posts and all the news, and it just seems like it's post after post of bad things going on and people being angry, people being upset. Are you wearing a mask? Are you not wearing a mask? You know, all kinds of crazy things. Even when we turn the news on, man, it's how bad the economy is, how divided our country is. This politician's a liar. This one wants to ruin your life. It is craziness. And while each of us process and handle fear and anxiety differently, man, it seems like fear, worry, anxiety are bombarding our lives at an all-time high. And truthfully, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. It doesn't matter how many scriptures you've memorized. It doesn't matter if you know the Hebrew and the Greek. We're all going to have to make some decisions about how we handle those attacks that come our way. Man, this is why it's so important for us to be on guard for those attacks. Because in the days that we're living, and I personally believe that these are the last days, we cannot afford to be casual. We cannot afford to be off guard spiritually against all the things coming our way. We must be those who are on guard and aware of the schemes, aware of the attacks that are spiritual, the enemy, the devil is trying to bring our way. And really, this is the essence of the unguarded moment that we've been talking about. An unguarded moment is when a person is not on guard. They become casual, loose in their beliefs. They, they become distracted by all the other things, or maybe they've just become spiritually lazy. And that unguarded area of their life allows their spiritual enemy to creep in undetected and begin to wreak havoc in their lives, in their faith, and in their minds. Man, this is why I felt so strongly to preach on this whole idea over these last several weeks of unguarded moments so that we as followers of Jesus would be awakened in our spirits so that we would be those who are on guard, that we wouldn't be overtaken in these unguarded moments, but that we would be people who can stand against the attacks of the enemy. Did you know that God wants you to have victory in your life? He doesn't want you to live defeated and worried and fearful, anxious. He wants you to live in victory, overcoming, strong, and able to stand. Let me show you this in Scripture today. If you have your Bibles or the YouVersion Bible app, you can turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 35. I'm reading from the NIV today. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. I mean, 
Doesn't that sound like the news headlines we read today? All of this terrible stuff coming our way. Verse 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Another translation says it this way. Despite all of these things, we have overwhelming victory through Christ. I love that phrase, overwhelming victory through Christ. Come on, let's give God some praise right now. Overwhelming victory is yours. You are more than a conqueror. Some of us need to get this picture for our lives because for too long we've been believing another picture. You know, the one that says, we're not good enough. You're not going to get over this thing. You're just going to have to get by. It can never be you. That's the one. I'm here to tell you today, you are the one. The power of Christ in you is the thing that will help you get over this thing that's trying to cripple you, the thing that's trying to hold you back. Victory is yours. So come on, church. It's time to rise up. It's time to be awakened in our spirits to all that God has called us to be, and that includes living in victory. He says, for I am convinced. Tell someone sitting near, near you today, I am convinced. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not coronavirus, COVID-19, not the results of the upcoming election, not the state of the economy, not depression, not a medical diagnosis, not the amount of money in your bank account, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are you getting this today? overwhelming victory is yours. So it's time for us to begin to live a victorious life. It's time to have victory in your soul, victory in your emotions, victory in your mind. You have the ability to choose to live however you want. You can live defeated, broken, burdened down, but for me, I've just decided in my life, in my family, we are going to live in victory no matter what we face, no matter what comes our way. Come on, if that's you today, let's give God some praise wherever you are. So we're talking about the unguarded soul today. And truthfully, this looks differently for each person. It's that moment where our feelings and our emotions want to override our spirit. This happens in a moment when a person has an outburst of anger or selfishness and then they just continue in that direction. It happens when we look at a person from the opposite gender and allow lust in our heart and in our thoughts. It happens when we allow pride to rush in and fill our hearts and we begin thinking how good we are and how others should be serving us all the time. For others, it's the darkness that is depression and anxiety. And whether they adopted it because it's socially acceptable or because they were knocked down or hurt in a moment and they didn't know what to do. They find themselves trapped in a dark hole. See, when we are not on guard in our soul, then a person can't really see the trap that they're in and how deep that thing is that they're about to fall into. But this is where the goodness of Jesus enters the picture. He came to rescue us from the kingdom of darkness so that darkness would have no hold on us, so that it would have no place in our lives. Jesus came to help us avoid the traps of the enemy. Paul would write about this to the church in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. He says, For he, that's God, 
He has rescued us from the dominion or the realm, the kingdom of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. That's Jesus. So He brought us into Jesus' kingdom, into Jesus' family, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So wherever you are on this today in your soul, know this. God is ready, willing, and able to rescue you from whatever darkness is trying to grip your mind, your feelings, or your emotions. See, when we turn to Him, He literally brings us out of darkness and into His family. It's kind of like on Star Trek. <laughs> now someone just said, what? Star Trek? Yes, Star Trek. They have this device on their ships called a transporter. And what they did is they could teleport you from one place in a moment to another just like that. It was like, beam me up, Scotty. And they would be in one place and Scotty would push a button and then all of a sudden they'd be back on the ship. But can I tell you today, Jesus is the original transporter. He brought us out of darkness and in a moment when we turn to him, he transports us out of that darkness and into his family, into light, into his kingdom. Some of us need to call on the name of Jesus today. Say, beam me up, Jesus, and get transported out of some darkness that we've been living in. So today, I want to give us three keys to being on guard in our soul. If you're taking notes, I hope you'll write these down. Here's the first key. Be careful what goes in. If we're gonna be on guard against the things that try to slip in and pollute our soul, then we have to be careful about what's going into our soul. Notice I said careful, not fearful. I say that because oftentimes people hear a message about being careful about what comes in and then they think, oh, I can't look at anything, I can't go anywhere, they can't do anything because there's just evil and bad everywhere. Listen, that's a really sad and terrible way to live and honestly, it's the opposite of how God told us to live on this earth. See, we are the light in the darkness. We're meant to live in this world, but to live differently than the darkness of this world so that the darkness would see the light and be drawn to it. So we're careful about what goes into our soul, what we allow to be an influencing force in our lives. In other words, garbage in, garbage out. Fear in, fear out. Anger in, anger out. But the same is true on the other side. Truth in, truth out. Godliness in, godliness out. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8 makes it so clear. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man will reap whatever he sows. Truth in, truth out. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now, when I first met my wife, Heather, I loved listening to this group called Metallica. They're a heavy metal rock band. And I remember one night I was taking Heather home from a date and I had their music playing in my car. Now, you have to understand when I listen to music, my background is musical. I grew up playing instruments. So when I'm really into a song, I'm air drumming and air guitaring. Like I'm totally rocking out in that moment, right? Now don't laugh at me too hard like you've never done it. So here I am rocking out, driving Heather home and we get to her house, we pull up in the driveway. She reaches over, turns the music down and says, 
you probably should stop listening to that because as soon as that song came on, you started driving really crazy and <laughs> really fast. Can I just tell you that your pastor did not receive that very well. I did what most people do when they're corrected by someone who loves them. I got defensive and upset. I didn't do that. Even if I did, it wasn't because of the song. It's totally fine and it doesn't affect me. But it did and it was affecting me. Now God kept speaking to me about this over and over and over and I had to get to the place where I was willing to repent to God and apologize to Heather for allowing those things to influence me that way. And I had to get to the point where listening to that music and that thing was not a big deal to me and I actually put it to the side and I haven't listened to that kind of music since then. And some people really are more concerned about what's going into their gas tank than what's going into their soul. Is it premium? Does it have the right additives? And then they go and they constantly feed their soul with fear and with worry. Many people are more concerned about what goes into their physical body than into their soul. They know all the latest health trends, all the diets, vegan, non-GMO, the good fats, the bad fats. Can I just say, can we add a third category of called delicious fats? I'm <laughs> just saying. People try to eat right and they try to work out all the time, but then they go home and they binge watch their favorite TV MA show that's full of profanity, nudity, and whatever else. That's how people end up disappointed in Christianity because they're building a life that looks just like the world and hoping that God fits in there somewhere and they have a flawed sense of what a relationship with God really looks like. They want him to be when available whenever they need him. They want him to do exactly what they want, but that's not who God is. That's Aladdin and the genie. See, in a relationship with God, we serve him. We worship him. We follow his commands. That's what a relationship with God looks like. One of the best ways to determine what needs to go into something is to start with the final product in mind. So if you want to have a super toned and muscular physique, then it's probably best not to eat Oreos and chips all day, right? But instead, you need to try to eat some vegetables, eat some good proteins, go to the gym every day. If you want to be a great musician, then you need to get some lessons. You need to learn to read music, get an instrument, practice every day. If you want to live in victory, free from fear, if you want your spirit to remain strong and be able to stand in the face of uncertainty, loss, or pain, then you need to be in God's presence every day. You need to be hiding his word in your heart. You need to be in church. You need to get involved where you're regularly serving someone else who can't do anything for you in return. See, it's not about, can I watch this or can I listen to that? Can I do that? Sure, you can do whatever you want. It's not about, am I gonna miss out on something that's out there? It just comes down to what do you want produced in your life and the lives of your family? See, because there's so many more important things in this life saying, did I get to do what I want? Did I get to listen to that thing, that, that song that everybody else listened to? Like, that's such a foolish way to approach things. What's more important than saying, did I get what I want, is making sure that my kids grow up knowing how to hear the voice of God. What's more important is making sure that when I'm driving, that I'm alert and my family is safe. What's more important is living my life in such a way that other people see the goodness of God and want to know Him too. What's more important is having a deep and personal relationship with God, my Father. God is in the business of leading and guiding us into truth. So here's the second key for being on guard in our soul. We need to deepen our trust in God. This is so key for us as followers of Jesus. And this is where the Lord has really been teaching me lately to every day 
deepen my roots in him, to deepen my trust in him more than I did the day before. Trust is really about the unknown and the uncontrollable. Because if something is known, deep trust is really not needed. And if something is controllable, then I have control and not trust. See, it's in the uncontrollable and the unknown that our trust in God and his word is shown and has the ability to be strengthened. So there will be battles with discouragement. There will be battles with fear, worry, and anxiety. There will be uncertainty about the future. But just because you're in a battle with something doesn't mean that thing is part of you. It doesn't mean that it's something that's permanent in your life, and it doesn't mean that it's something you have to embrace and make your own. That would be like going to see your favorite sports team play. You get your lucky team shirt on, you get your hat. Ladies, you get your nails painted in the team colors. Maybe you've even got that giant foam finger. You're ready for the game, but then you get there and you see that there's an opponent who wants to defeat your team. And all of a sudden you say, well, since there's this other team, I guess I better put their jersey on and cheer for them and identify with them because they're here to try to defeat my team. <laughs> that would be crazy. And honestly, I don't know any real sports fan who would do that to their team. Of course there's going to be an opponent. Of course there's going to be a battle to win the game. But the existence of the other team and the battle to win the game doesn't mean that you should give up on your team and pack it in and join the other side. And yet so many Christians treat their trust in God this way. As long as things are going good, they trust God. And, and honestly, it's easy to trust God when there's no issues. But then a struggle comes along, a fight comes along, fear, worry, anxiety comes along, and all of a sudden they get knocked down, and this is where the spirit, our spiritual enemy, the devil, goes to work. You're not going to get through this. You probably won't be able to pay the bills. Your marriage ain't going to survive this, and even if it does, it'll never thrive. You'll never break free of this addiction or this pain. If God really loved you, then you wouldn't be dealing and struggling this way. Can I tell you, the devil comes to target your mind with lies. Don't miss that today. Let me say it again. The devil comes to target your mind with his lies. But remember, the devil is a liar. So why does he come at us this way? It's because he wants to erode our trust in God. He knows that if he can chip away at our trust in God, then a person begins to doubt just a little bit. I'll pray, but maybe this won't work for me. If they begin to doubt, then they'll begin to believe their doubts. And eventually, they'll end up broken down and maybe even abandon their faith in God. This is why it's so important for us to be on guard in our soul. Peter wrote about this in the scripture in his struggle with anxiety. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, Peter probably knew something about anxiety. Remember, he was the one that started walking on the water towards Jesus, but he got anxious and worried about the waves and the wind and everything around him that he started to drown. Now, you want to talk about anxiety? Be drowning in the middle of a huge storm in the sea. But did he drown? No, Jesus pulled him out. What about when he denied that he even knew Jesus three times right before Jesus was taken to the cross? He was so full of shame and anxiety that he couldn't even believe the report about Jesus' resurrection or even the empty tomb when he was in it until Jesus appeared to him. So yeah, when Peter writes about cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you, it's not some nice little anecdotal statement. 
It's instruction for us to help keep our soul free and on guard against the attacks of our enemy. Each time Peter found himself overwhelmed with anxiety, what happened? The presence of Jesus was there to pull him out of it. So he writes, cast all your anxiety on him. He cares for you. Be alert. Be of sober mind because your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. So in other words, anxiety, worry, and fear can keep us from being able to be on guard in our lives. So when I feel anxious, when I feel uncertain about the future, what am I going to do? I'm going to deepen my trust in the Lord in that moment. How do we do it? Man, if our spiritual enemy, the devil, is targeting our mind with his lies, then to deepen my trust in God, I'm going to feed my mind truth from God's word. For me in those moments, what I do, I like, I'll stop whatever else I'm doing and I'm just going to take a deep breath. And I'm just going to let everything stop for a minute. Peter calls that being of sober mind. i got to be able to think clearly so I can discern what's the lie, what's the truth. Then I begin to declare my trust in the Lord. I begin to speak out loud the promises of God from Scripture. Remember, trust is strengthened in the uncomfortable and the unknown. But if a person just continues to stress and worry and get upset, essentially what they're doing is deepening their trust in the anxious thoughts because of what they're thinking and what they're saying. So I'm going to be intentional and deliberate in my trust in God in those moments of uncomfortable and unknown with my thoughts and with the words that I speak. That brings me to the third key of being on guard in our soul. Number one, we're careful with what goes in. Number two, we deepen our trust in God. Number three is prayer and praise. One of my favorite scriptures and one that I quote so often was written from a place of panic and pain. The Apostle Paul dreamed of traveling to Rome to preach the gospel of Jesus. And he did end up going to Rome, but not like what he had planned out or dreamed of. Maybe you've experienced something like that before where it didn't turn out the way you hoped or the way you planned. Paul went to Rome but locked up in chains as a prisoner, awaiting a decision of whether or not he would be executed. He wound up there in Rome in house arrest, and every eight hours there was the best of the best Roman guards that would be chained to him constantly. And maybe you've felt like that over these last several weeks of being safe at home in this pandemic. You're just stuck at home, nowhere to go. I dare say that most people have struggled with loneliness, worry, fear of the future, anxiety, and all kinds of other things during this time. And I'm quite certain that Paul, while he was there at house arrest, was struggling too. But I'm so thankful that Paul wrote to us about his struggle and about how he overcame it. He wrote under the influence of the Holy Spirit during this time of panic and struggle what we call the book of Philippians. In chapter 4, verse 4, he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I want you to highlight, underline that word, always. That word means always or all the time. So we rejoice when the economy is good and strong, and we rejoice when it's not. We rejoice when everything turns out the way we want it, and we rejoice when things don't turn out the way we want. We rejoice when we're healthy, and we rejoice when we're battling sickness and disease. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Man, do we need more of that in our world today. Gentleness in word, in action, and intention being shown from the people of Jesus. Then he writes this amazing statement. Do not be anxious about anything. 
So what have you been anxious about this week? Maybe we've spent all this time and energy being anxious about things, worrying about things. And here God wants to give us the pathway to peace. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So in the place of anxiety, he's telling us to engage in prayer and petition, or prayer, with thanksgiving to God. We can simplify that statement to say prayer and praise. When we do that, when we pray and when we praise, what happens? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So how do we get from to where we experience this peace from God that guards our hearts and guards our mind? It's through prayer and praise that precedes peace. People feel worried. They feel anxious. They want peace. But what do we do? Many people hold on to their feelings. They, they wear their feelings on their sleeves. They want to affirm their feelings. But we don't do that. We begin to engage in prayer and we begin to praise our Heavenly Father. Let me say it this way. Prayer and praise are the pathway from panic and anxiety to peace. Prayer is simply talking to God. See, prayer is not meant to be restricted to fancy language or meal times or even when we're just at church. Prayer is a spiritual dialogue. It's communication with our Heavenly Father, much like communication in the relationships we have with other people. It's back and forth, talking, listening. It involves real issues and real concerns. And it's the same with prayer. Man, pray about everything. Talk to God about everything. When things are good, when there's a hurt, when there's a pain, when there's a question, Man, talk to your heavenly Father about it. He's not going to be angry at you. He's not going to push you away. Can I tell you, He's big enough to handle whatever you've been worrying about or whatever you've been hurt by. So we talk to God about everything. And don't just stop there in prayer. Man, shift it into praise. Maybe you're wondering, Pastor, what is praise? Praise is when we make a big deal about something, when we show our passion for something, where we think about something all the time, where we talk about how great something is. We begin to praise that thing. So when we praise God, it's the same way. We let our passion for Him overflow in our lives. We talk about Him on a regular basis. We think about Him all the time. And a great way to praise God is to thank Him for the things that most people overlook. Did you wake up today? Did both of your eyes work today? Did, did you have both of your hands and both of your feet? Did you have something to eat for breakfast? Do you have air conditioning in your house? Do you have a, a smartphone or a tablet or a computer you're attending church on today? Man, we are so blessed and there's always something to give God praise for. Psalms 113 verses two through three says this, let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. So when I feel like God is close, I will praise Him. And when I feel like He is far, I will praise Him. When anxiety and worry and heaviness presses in, I will praise the name of the Lord. No matter where I go, no matter who I'm around, no matter what people think of me, I'm going to praise 
the Lord. What's happening when we do that? We move from fear to faith. We move from worry and anxiety to peace. So wherever you are today, would you get up on your feet and let's start doing it right now. Begin to pray. Begin to praise him for how good he is. Lord, I just thank you right now for how good you are. God, I pray that you would begin to move in us. Stir up our hearts today, Lord God. The places in us that have become hard and callous, the places in our soul, God, where we've been unguarded, where we've allowed fear and anxiety and worry to dominate us. Lord God, I pray right now that your spirit would flood into those places. God, I praise you right now that you are never far from us, but you are always close to us. God, I praise you for your goodness, that we're able to think clearly, that we're able to see today, that we're able to speak. God, I praise you for every breath that you put inside of our lungs today. So God, I pray right now that there would be a release of praise. There would be a release of thanksgiving in the hearts and the minds of your people. If you need this today, just lift up your hands and allow the spirit of thanksgiving to rush in. Just begin to speak it out of your mouth right now how good God is and how good he's been to you. And as we continue in this moment of prayer together, maybe you feel far from God and you know there's this, this barrier between you and God. You feel this distance. The good news is that's why Jesus came. Scripture says that Jesus came to destroy the barrier between us and God. And this is such good news because truthfully, we could never destroy that barrier on our own. We could never get around it. Like we needed help and that's exactly what Jesus did. He stepped in and he said, anyone who wants this barrier between you and God removed, I'll take it out for you. So the choice is yours to keep the barrier, keep your distance between God, continue struggling to try to figure it out, put it all together on your own, or allow Jesus in one moment to come in and transport you out of that darkness and bring you into his family. Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but you're just really far from God and you're ready to renew your commitment to him to give your life fully to him. Wherever you are in this day, if you're saying, yes, pastor, that's me, pray for me. I need Jesus in my life to transport me out of darkness and into light. I'm ready to come back to God and get my relationship right with him today. This is your moment. You can click in the chat to raise your hand or you can simply type the name Jesus in the comments today. But wherever you are, let's pray out loud all together today. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Create in me a new heart. I believe Jesus is my Savior. And He is Lord of my life. I give you my heart, my thoughts, everything I am. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, if you prayed that prayer, then I believe what happened in that moment is you are brought out of darkness. All the old is gone and you are made brand new. Your spirit now has life in Christ and you belong to Jesus. So let me be the first to say, welcome to the family. And we wanna connect with you. We wanna encourage you and cheer you on and strengthen you. So would you send us a direct message? You can send us an email to info at victoryorlando.com. We'd love to get some resources in your hands and cheer you on in your faith. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to take a minute and share the, this message with people that you know. We can't wait to see you again next week, right here at Church Online.